one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. After trying to keep the other delving group contained, our adventurers explore the second half of the ruins. But what they find only adds to the confusion of what this place might have once been used for. Hidden passages are found, history is uncovered, and clues are pondered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory discover the memories held here. You've deactivated and trapped most of the doors behind you as you leave the small loop where you are hoping to contain the rival delving group that you've run into. Going back somewhat towards the way you came, towards a central room with a diamond shape to it. This door is locked, but that's not a problem for you as Jory puts the key up next to the lights by the edge and the force field fades. How would you like to enter the room? With a plong. <laughs> <laughs> With a flourish. I'm going to hug the wall, of course. Smallrin's going to check for traps. <laughs> Wonderful. Perception, level four. Marvelous. I am going to spend for that point of effort. Success with a ten. Wonderful. Smallrin, go ahead and roll me a d6. Oh boy. Two. Jory's about to step in and, like, hug the outside wall, and you throw an arm out to stop her. And almost imperceptible, there is a thin red laser line running across the door. Uh, ooh. Mm. Now, this is not a laser that is going to cut something. This isn't as though Jory would be bisected. This is a trigger <laughs> for something else. This is some kind of tripwire. Uh, looks like my usual strategy of clinging to the wall is out. Now that I see that there is this laser trigger, can I look into the room, across the room? Does it appear that there are more, or does it look like this is confined to this doorway? It looks like there is one on each of the doorways on this room. Okay. If we were to duck under it and get into the room without breaking the beam, there doesn't appear to be more that are lying in wait from us that I can see. No, this is just in the doorway. Okay. Is it high enough that we could, like, duck and get under it, essentially? It's about two feet off the ground, so it's okay. uncomfortable to get under, and Brex might have a hard time doing it, but it's Well, not and also impossible. Brex could probably step over it. Also a possibility. Smallrin very gently indicates the trigger laser. I'm not sure what it's to, but I would suggest going over or under it, and keeping in mind there appears to be one on every door in the room. 
I will think about phasing through and then decide that's probably not a good risk to take. I will get on the floor, push the egg through first in case its baby bump is too wide, the doorway, and then I will crawl after it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do so. Brex does step over. Jelly Brex is having a hard time figuring out which to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually Brex kind of just shakes their head, pushes Jelly Brex on the floor and drags them <laughs> underneath. <laughs> I think Nehemiah just hops over. I mean, background yeah. in circus performance. Two oh, yeah. foot jump is not tough. Nothing. Yeah, no. absolutely. Smorin takes the option of going under rather than risking not getting over. So she just goes low to the ground, shimmies underneath with great expedition pops back up on the other side. As you do so, two things. One, you're able to get a better view of what's happening in here, and you notice that your random mutations seem to be fading. Jor, you notice that your extra arm is kind of becoming a little smaller, almost like absorbing back into your person. The smaller and your eye stalk is shriveling a little bit, and Jelly Brex is actively melting. Oh. Jelly What you see in this room, though, on the floor, there are all of these lines that look to have been etched into the metal floor at some point. Some of them are glowing a little bit, others aren't. In the center of the room, there is a pool of red flowing liquid 20 feet in diameter. 20 feet across. That liquid surrounds a metal platform with four round tubes placed in a square, not quite at each corner. There is space to move around them, but in that square formation, each about five feet tall. And each of those pillars gives off a glowing orange light. The liquid that you are seeing flowing is the same liquid that you saw bubbling underneath the surface in the room that had the tube that allowed you to choose different items. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose anybody thinks we could take a sample of this and maybe test it? See what it is. I'm quite curious. Who knows, it could eat through whatever thing we try to put it in, but... Yeah, if I mean, you're welcome to give that a shot, but that is so far out of my, my expertise. Mm. Same. Sort of. Well, maybe not. You know what? I'll try it. I- I'll try it. Let me see if I have anything... I will start rifling through my bag. Um, This no, this no, this no. Oh, I've got a cup from my ration packet. Why don't we do that? I will try to scoop up a little. You walk up to the pool of red liquid and dip the cup in. The cup is fine, but as it touches your fingers, you take two points of light damage. Well, it doesn't like biological things. Hmm. Oh, my digits. (laughs) You all right? I'm fine. Just don't touch it. That was sort of an accident. Maybe just leave it for now. What does the injury look like? Does it appear to be a burn? Is it... It's definitely irritation. Okay. Not a burn, like, from heat necessarily, more chemical burn. Okay. So it, that there's not really any heat radiating off of it? No, there's no heat. Okay. Smallrin does pull out, like, a water pack real quick and, like, rinse off your fingers to get off whatever's left uh-huh. of it. Thank you, that's very cooling. Well, we know we can't touch it. That much we've learned. I suppose I could give it a bit of a look. Could I try perception? What are you looking for? Uh, just composition, what it might... Or why 
basically the reason it's here. Is it is it purely a protective thing, or does it seem to serve some purpose mechanically in the rest of this facility? Okay, yeah. It's more of a Numenera role than... We'll do untrained. What's the difficulty? Four. Four? Okay. And I fail with a three. I don't know what this is, just don't touch it. You know at least the things that you have observed previously. This was in the room where the items would come to the surface and then be transported over to the little alcoves and cargo bays. So it's definitely something that has to do with the transport or use of Numenera items and definitely something that has to do with the overall mechanical structure of this place. As to any further information, you're not sure in this moment, but that's what you're able to know from what you've already seen and understood. Good. I would assume that as it's caustic to biological matter, but doesn't seem to affect the Numenera ciphers, any of that, that it was chosen specifically for not interacting with those materials. I would also assume it has a certain level of buoyancy. It seems to be dense enough liquid that it can lift and transport not unweighty items. Perhaps sterilization as well? Perhaps. If it gets rid of biological things? Removal of biological agents. Mm. Sterilization could be a concern. I will pull it back in where it came from and then rinse it out. And I, if it's all right, I will use more of that water to rinse out the cup and put it back sure. into my pack. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to jump, I suppose, to get to the middle of this. Unless there was a bridge that I missed somewhere. You look around and it looks like there might have been at one point, but it's either removed or smashed or disintegrated. So the center of this was at one point intended to get to. And I'm sorry, you said these pillars are glowing orange. Do they appear... Mm -hmm to have this liquid like flowing through them or no no okay no so these are different <sighs> the gap in between where you are over the liquid onto that center platform is like by the corners maybe five feet it's not a hard jump to make if you want to get into the center would you like to do so i would i'm feeling very bold today but i'm gonna leave the <laughs> egg in a safe place I would perhaps suggest letting Nehemiah go first and being there to help catch us on the other side, given that he is the most acrobatic of the group. Yeah, all right. Very well. Nehemiah will hop over. You almost step over. <laughs> like it, it's just a, just a little bit of spring in your step and, and that gets you over that gap. Jor, you set the egg down in the now mostly disintegrated pile of goo that Gelatin Brex has left behind, mm -hmm. kind of just like cradling it there and head over there. With a five foot jump, I'm not gonna make anybody roll anything mm -hmm. to get over. So as everyone kind of takes that jump over, Nehemiah, you grab their arm help them over every time. The only person you don't need to help is Brex, who, <laughs> like you, can nearly make that gap in one step. Sure. You all are in the center on this platform with four five-foot-tall glowing orange pillars. Mm. All right. Ooh, time to poke about a bit. I will investigate one of the pillars, see what okay. we get. You're just looking at it? Yeah, just to get an idea. Is there buttons? Is there... Um... No buttons. Rooms, no markings. Absolutely nothing. Text, nice and smooth. Nice and um, smooth. And the whole thing is glowing or just the top? Not the entire thing. The entire thing. Does it feel like it's giving off heat, cold, vibration? Everyone roll me history, level four. Success with a 16. Fail with a nine. 
Failure with a seven. Smallrin, you're kind of looking at these orange pillars and it doesn't give off any warmth or vibration, but it does give off like an energy. There's something you feel about it. All of you feel a very distinct sense of familiarity. Something about this is comforting and like you felt it before, but Smallrin, you're able to place it first. This orange light, this orange energy is the same healing energy that Rufus is able to create. Oh. Huh. Huh. Well, that's interesting. You've only seen them use it a handful of times, but in situations where people need physical or medical help very quickly, you've seen a warm orange glow emanate from their hands and sink into the bodies of the people who are hurt. I will touch it with my ouchy fingers. And you are healed two points of might. Oh. <gasps> Goodness, what an odd place to put this. Danger <laughs> surrounding non-danger. So is this some sort of healing bay? It's an odd setup if it is. As you said, the moat surrounding it is dangerous in the extreme, and this doesn't seem to be set up to tend to anyone. Well, let's see. Um, is there anything in the middle directly? There's not. Okay. Is there a space where something might have been? Does it look mm. like there was something removed? Or something that could raise up from the ground? Nothing looks like it would raise up from the ground, no. But looking this closely at the ground, in the metal, you notice that in front of each of the pillars, there are marks, not machined marks, almost like scuff marks, almost as though a person has stood in front of each of these, multiple people over time. Wonder how much damage these could heal. Rex goes in front of one of the pillars looking at where those scuff marks are and puts their feet where those places might be and shrugs. Hmm? Wait, wait, wait. Why don't we each go to one and see if that does anything? Yeah, give it a shot. You each go to one of the pillars and do you touch them? Yeah. Touch it, putting a hand on the side or the top. And looking back at the map, there is something to the north of this room. Mm -hmm. But looking at that wall, there is no door there. Huh. Hmm. It is a sealed metal wall, just like every other part of this room. Mm -hmm. And you put your hands there, and on that edge of the room, a seam mm. in two metal plates starts opening up, like diagonally starts opening up into the passage that you see on the map, though not in the room. And you've opened a hidden doorway. Uh -huh. When we release, does it close again? No. Okay, cool. good. Oh, that would be interesting. One of those situations where it's <laughs> you like... You gotta have five right, people. You gotta have yeah. this and make that work. Okay, bit, bit. <laughs> yeah, bit, pretty much. It's big adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What now, friends? Well, guess we head on through. Guess so. I would like to try something first. Mm -hmm. Everyone take your hands off the pillar. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, put them back. All right. I want to see if each time you do it, it either opens or closes the door. This only seems to open it. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll have to find some other way to deter them from following us. Mm -hmm. Oh, darn. <laughs> Maybe there's a closure on the other side. As you are talking about this and testing different things out, the door starts to close. Ah. Oh. It's just a time thing. Hand back on the pillar. Keep it open. And it opens back up. 
It's like the open door button on the elevator. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it's, you think about 60 seconds, then mm. it'll stay open. Okay. I guess let's head back, uh, not back, but forward across. You jump back over and head down this hallway. The first thing you notice is that all of the other hallways have been diamond-shaped, metal, and have the strip of illumination, light, coming from each of the corners of that diamond-shaped cross-section. As soon as you enter into this, there is no diamond-shaped cross-section. This is rock. You step through the doorway, and rather than hitting the dull clang of metal, you hit, like, the distinct sound of earth Mm -hmm. under your foot. And there are no lights in this hallway. It is dank. There's moisture, a strange earthy smell. Hmm. I will say real quick that I do fetch the egg before we go through. Okay, <laughs> good. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, this is different. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was added on. Must have been. Or maybe this is the original facility. Can't really say at this point. What are these? I see there. there's little alcoves in the wall there. What's going mm -hmm. on there? You go up to one of them. As you move past it, you hear whispered throughout the corridor, the statues as though they're speaking, the word Lacra. Lacra. The voice says it over and over again anytime you are near. So if you step away from it, it kind of fades out. Hmm. Don't suppose either you know what that word means? Can we roll a history? Sure. Okay. Difficulty? Five. Uh, okay. Fail with a five. No, sorry. Doesn't really connect. Smarin pulls out her mentor's notes and just, I'm going to flip through and see if anything jumps out, if, if there's anything that references this word. Go ahead and make a, a roll with an asset. Spent for a point of effort. Success with a 13. You look a little bit closer at the statues and flipping through your books, and you notice that the statue itself, it's, it's ornately carved. They're life-style statues of a woman. And each one is the same woman, kind of like peeking around the other alcoves. They're all the same person. On their robe is the Order of Truth Knot. And looking through, having a little a little context there, you find the word Lakra, but it's not a word, it's a name. It's the name of an Aeon priest, a very highly accomplished one from a long time ago, generations past at this point. Not ancient, though. This is not something that is from a prior era, but something from a prior generation. Yeah. Kind of like a modern much... saint. Yeah. Yeah. While Smolrin is doing this, I want to kind of look back a little and check and see if there's a way to close the opening behind us. It closes after 60 seconds automatically. If you want to look for a way to lock it, that's a different story. That's fair. Do you want to try and lock it? You know what? Why keep not? It from opening? Why not? Yes, I will. I will go back and check for a lock then. There doesn't seem to be a lock, but you think you might be able to jam it somehow, either by like finding a way to like keep the two sides of this door together or um, by like, there's like a mechanical portion of this by like jamming something into like the gears that move it. I'll give it a shot. So long as it's something that we can take back out ourselves. Yeah, what do you want to do? Um, I do have climbing gear, so could I stick like a pick in it? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That should maybe help a little, give us some time. The doors close and Jory jams the pick into the top portion of it. Does someone come up with a light source? Yeah, I think we've still got glow globes. 
floating around. So Someone pulls out a minor glow globe there. As you do, being able to see things in a little bit clearer light, you notice that the walls and the statues, you thought they were made from black stone, but they're actually covered in a purple and black fungus. And when you bring the light up close to it, it writhes and withers and pulls back from it. Ooh, that's odd. It is. I do have some experience with fungus. Fungi. Hmm. Do I want to touch it? Preferably not with your bare hands. It's true. It seems to react to light. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. And Nehemiah, as you kind of like move, looking at in all the other alcoves, that word, that name just keeps echoing. Like it is Mm -hmm. on repeat in this hoarse, whispered tone. Yeah, I get it, Lacra. (laughs) This is why I never went to church. Just so much repetition, you know? (laughs) Chanting. I wonder if this fungus, if it's because of the environment or if it's because of the priest. Well, quick way to solve that. Um, Nehemiah moves a little bit further down the hall. Do I find any more evidence of this fungus? You move farther down the hall and you can see it faint glow near the end of this corridor. You Mm. think picking back up with those areas. And as you get closer to the light, the fungus stops. Gotcha. Does the dark stone continue or as I get towards the end of the hall, does the synthetic flooring pick back up? Yeah, the metal picks back up. You believe that someone created a hallway, mm-hmm. a, a corridor between these two hallways. Like, rather than it being part of the original structure with these metal hallways, someone dug a tunnel between them. Hmm. Weird. All right, this looks like some kind of Aeon priest or something was down here and spent a lot of time making this a thing. Well, shall we continue on into the light up there? Seems to be the idea. Okay. There are six alcoves, three on each side of this corridor, and very close to the end of it, it looks almost as though a seventh one had been started. Like there was some area being dug out, but Mm -hmm. had not been completed. Interesting. Can I see anything in that alcove? There's nothing there. It's only maybe half the size of the others, so there's no statue there at the moment. But it looks like another one had been started, but not completed. Huh. Weird. Keep eyes up. There might be something else down here, obviously, but, you know. I wonder if there's any significance to the number of them. What happened that one remained unfinished? Possibly more than one. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's uh, keep on moving then. Sounds good. Is there anyone who thinks that they would be paying any attention to the floor? Nehemiah would, because I specifically said I was watching the transition. That's right. That's right. You notice tracks in here because you've been in metal for so long but in the dust and little rubble-ish that's on the ground you notice some tracks you notice large footprints maybe boot prints but they are deep Mm -hmm. they're almost like brexes i was about to ask kind of like brex cool yeah and you also notice a set of paw prints Mm. bigger much bigger than, because your first thought is, oh, that Thuman, Mm -hmm. that's been around. They're much bigger than that. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's uh, not great. Do they look fresh? Is there dust on them or anything? Yeah, I was going to say, is is that even possible? Oh, no, because I guess there'd be another layer of dust if they weren't, if they were older. Right, right. The deep ones, the deep footprints, probably made very, very recently. Sure. The other ones, a little bit less so, but Mm -hmm. not like weeks ago or anything. Right. Okay. 
Well, continue to keep an eye out then, and an ear out too. Something this big moving around, we'll be able to hear it. I guess getting to the end of the hall, look down towards 13 and to 11 and just kind of gesture to 11. It's like, this one's closest. We want to check this out first. Sounds good. All right. And uh, we'll move down. Smarin's going to check for traps. Perception level four. Success with a 16. This one does not seem to be trapped. And as you look in, you see this small square room littered with corpses. Oh. Oh. Not in a random way, though. Some are very very old. In fact, most of them are old, like to the point of it being only bone and fabric and and things like that, like very little left. But a few others have been here more recently, but they're all laid out in neat rows. You know, it makes me the most nervous about this, aside from the fact that it's a lot of bodies. Uh Is that something clearly placed them here after they died, meaning something in here is... um, ritualistic and and not afraid of death. I'm kind of going in another way because we just passed through a room that is very clearly Church of Truth kind of situation. Maybe we literally just like walked into a tomb. Who's arranging these things though? Maybe it's a benevolent person. Oh, I'm thinking arranged. I mean, with the mold and whatnot going on in the other room, I'm thinking that maybe somebody hasn't, well, There are those footprints, but maybe it's been a while since the proprietors have been down here. Mm. You know, Aeon Priest comes down. Are the bodies wearing, like, anything in common? All of the older ones Mm -hmm. look to be, but the newer ones are explorers, I think. Uh, That's what we are. What are the older ones wearing? Order of Truth robes. Order of Truth, okay. Smarin's gonna go take a look at the newer bodies first, but she is also going to look at the older bodies and see if there's any indication of how they died. Mm. It varies. The older ones, it's kind of hard to tell, like I said, because they are pretty old at this point. Do some, any, or all of the older ones have any indication of a violent death? Yes. Okay. What are we talking ratio-wise? Like... (laughs) Go ahead and roll me, like, some sort of forensic type. Would you accept espionage because I've killed so many people myself? Sure. Yay. And this will be a level five. Success with a 12. You don't see any weapon or wound marks on the bones of the older ones, but there's a lot of broken bones. Okay. Maybe some sort of crushing situation? The newer ones all seem to be a very violent death. Everything from weapons to laser burns to dismemberment. Any indication of animals? Are there any bite marks or claw marks? A handful, but not many. Like two. So most of these are people that were probably killed by other people, although potentially by something within the facility. Just for the people at home, I watch way too many procedural shows. Just finished re-binging Criminal Minds. The way the bodies are arranged, (laughs) does it show signs of care? Are they arranged with any, like, are arms crossed over chest? Does it appear that they have been laid to rest? Or are they just being, like, kind of roughly set in the same pattern as these older bodies? It is a crude, but intentional care. Okay. They have all been laid out facing up, arms at their sides. Mm. It seems like maybe 
somebody came in, a fanatic or something, and decided to try to match what had been done before with this nonsense, maybe. Something like that. Anybody else get that feeling? There's also the potential that there is some type of automaton in this space that their mission is to make sure that deceased anyone who's here is laid to rest in this room. Mm. Something with something set up however many years ago and now it's just kind of Well, you remember the forever. soldiers that we met who had been going so long they'd forgotten their original mission, but they knew that mm. they had to keep going. Mm-hmm. As you all are standing here, Nehemiah, bit, bit, circles around your head and kind of gives like a beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Something coming, buddy? It flashes like a little hologram image. Nothing's coming, but you recognize the signal signature mm-hmm. of the person that you were supposed to be looking for. Mm. Uh. It's the signal from Sale's sister, Tana, that you had bit, bit locked onto. The person from the restaurant that was asking for people to go look for his missing mm. sibling. Does that signature seem to be coming from one of the bodies or from... No. Outside the door. Okay. Outside the door. Okay. It just kind of like locked onto the strength of it. Gotcha. What do you think? Should we leave the corpses behind us and then keep on going? Or do we want to check out something else in this room? Yeah. Is there anything of note in the room besides all of the corpses? (laughs) Honestly, no. You can look through them. Some of them have belongings. But other than that, it is just a room. It might have been used for something else at some point, but that is all that is in here currently. Only one way to go, I guess. Yep. Head down the hall. As Bitbit starts leading you a little bit, seems to be leading you and indicating towards the room at the end of the hall, not the room that branches off to the right. Lucky number 13. Mm-hmm. I guess I will uh, I will use the keycard to enter unless anybody has any trepidation. No. As you are going down the hall, there is a one particular section that like dips down and comes back up. Looking at it, it doesn't take a smaller level of perception to know that this is probably a trapped area. What you see is a 10 foot by 10 foot square on the floor. As you take a step into this area, all of the squares in front of you illuminate and you see numbers pop up. What you see in front of you is a number one, Nehemiah. Okay. Jory, you step onto it and nothing happens. Smallrin, you step on and it just goes blank. Oh my gosh. (sighs) I know what this is. Oh, we're playing (laughs) Minesweeper. I was never good at this game. Oh Oh, no. I'm so bad at this game. (sighs) Okay. Yes, this is a game of Minesweeper. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, so... Zan, I'm taking this personally. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You can try to just solve this normally as players if you would like. If you would like to try and get a hint, like in character, or get an idea of where you should or should not step, (laughs) you can make an intellect level three roll to see if you can look a little closer at what is in front of you. Okay. 
Okay, so full disclosure here. I had a really cool trap set up for the party in which they had to play a literal game of Minesweeper in order to get through the hallway. But in retrospect, I realize that it is not very interesting to listen to something that you can't see. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit until Jory asks if she can use navigation in order to get around the more dangerous parts of the trap. As always, we're constantly learning as we create this content for you, so thanks in advance for your understanding as we make this slight adjustment for your listening enjoyment. Could I use navigation? Actually, yes, that would be perfectly great. I'd love to do that. Intellect level three with navigation being trained there. Delightful. Success with an eight. Yay. You can see that there's like a slight, almost sheen difference in the surface Mm. of each one. And so you are able to see the ones that don't have numbers. Ah, well, I think I figured out the trick to this. If we all just come this way, I think we can make it through by going to the north. All right. Sounds good to me. And you all carefully follow behind the exact tiles that Jory steps on, making your way to the other side of the hallway. Making my way. (laughs) And as you get up to the door, Jory, as you are about to unlock the force field, Mm -hmm. when you hear a scream from the other side of the door, a scream of pain and of fear. And looking through, you see in this room, standing over a young woman who is on the floor, cowering away, and it has a large uh, cut on her arm is a slightly larger than human-sized robot, automaton, something very much meant to emulate the shape of a person, but has a mask almost uh, across her front. The the top of their head has a large arcing crown that you recognize might imitate the large hats that Aeon priests and those in the Order of Truth wear, Mm. and long flowing cords and an amulet with the Order of Truth sitting on this automaton's chest with all of these pieces and parts that have been either attached or floating around and moving around it all in this deep golden metal and is standing over it. The four lights that you think might be eyes that cross in front of this mask that creates the robot's face are a deep red. And Jory, you are about to unlock the door when the woman looks over to you and sees you and screams, I need you to help me, this thing has lost its mind. And that is where we'll call the session. Hey! Da 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 Thank you so much for listening to episode 88 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And right now is a perfect time to become one of our patrons as our February Encore episode is from the IE cast. We play a diceless GMless game called Orbital, and there's some really phenomenal world building that the four of us go through. 
I hope you're able to help support us and get access to this really awesome content. So, of course, I'd like to thank our current patrons, Justin, Stark, and Rin, for their continued support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. As always, those things continue to go a long way in helping us out. Of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.